What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marker. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I am excited to be sharing this conversation with you today. I am joined by Christina Garnett, who works in community and advocacy for a teeny tiny little brand that you probably never heard of, HubSpot. Yeah, they had this conference called Inbound last week. I think a couple people showed up, probably had a really good time and learned a thing or two about marketing. All jokes aside, this conversation is how to research your audience on social and what to do with the findings. Christina is deep in the weeds and she has her ear to the ground listening to what HubSpot customers are doing, thinking, and saying, and her role is master facilitator in making people who love HubSpot shine, and I just love this conversation. I've been following her on Twitter for some time and knew I had to get her on the podcast to talk about her role and how she does it. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons, but most importantly, tell a marketing friend you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to the show. Excited for this conversation. Today, we are going to be exploring how to research your audience on social and what to do with the findings. Excited for today's guest. I'm joined by Christina Garnett. She is the Senior Marketing Manager of Offline Community and Advocacy at HubSpot. I have been following her via Twitter for some time, and I'm excited to be digging into this one with her. But without further ado, Christina, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for the opportunity to chat. I'm excited. Yeah. Before we dive into the topic, we just got a chance to talk a little bit about this. But as we're recording, we are one week out from a small little uh, conference that you all might know out there, um, HubSpot's Inbound. And I was just commenting to Christina that it's incredible already seeing people a week out from the show commenting, building excitement, building momentum, which I think is really, really special. So maybe like, Christina, from your position, you being someone at HubSpot, like share with the audience like a week out from such a big show, like what are all you working on? I'm sure everyone has so much on their plate at this point to bring that experience to life, but I'd love maybe a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can share what I can share what I'm working on and just some of the things that we're prepping for. Obviously, Inbound is incredibly special, especially after having two virtual uh, versions of Inbound to be able to do hybrid and be able to see people again. We're just all really excited to to see our customers and partners and and our hub fans um, being able to get all under the same roof again. It's really exciting. I'm working on finishing touches, making sure that we have everything that's planned the way that we want it to go. I had a virtual meetup earlier today for our correspondents and hub fans who wanted to meet virtually to kind of hype each other up, ask any last minute questions, and just generally be excited to see each other. I think there's, I think it really, the conversations that you're seeing on social already, it's such a testament to how special inbound is for us and how, how special it is for our attendees. It really does feel like the Disney world for, for adults, for professionals. And so knowing that we're going to get to see each other and be face to face after, after two years is, is really, it's, it's really well-deserved and um, needed by all of us. So working on a lot of final pieces, a lot of things are already done and set in place. 
just putting bows on things is probably the best way to describe it is finalizing things. And then I get to see my team for the first time. I, I joined HubSpot during the pandemic. So I've, I've literally never been face to face with anyone on my team and I'm not a hugger, but I, I do think I'm going to be a hugger for probably the first half of inbound just to get it all out of my system. Cause it's going to be so lovely seeing everyone. Oh, that's amazing. I will say just from my experience, been to three inbounds in the past, and I I didn't even think about the pandemic and they were the past few ones were virtual, but just, I will say if you're going like definitely go check out the keynotes. I know most Mm -hmm. big conferences, the keynotes are kind of just a bunch of noise and people talking about stuff and over and over, but like, I've always found value from just mm-hmm. listening to the leaders at HubSpot talk about the vision and what they're building, what they're working on and where they want to take the company. So I would just recommend everyone just make sure you're, you're in your seat for those because I've always found those super exciting. Absolutely. They're, they're some of my favorite ones. I think my favorite like post, like past inbound experience was the Darmesh and Brian spotlight where they were puppets trying to get to the BCEC. I like I will always have a special place in my heart for the puppets. It was it was lovely. So I always look forward to that. And I'm excited to to hear Yamini and we have Obama. We have uh, former President Obama who's going to be our closing speaker. So just a lot of really cool things that are happening this year. Man, yeah, it's a it's a big bill. So if you're if you're out there and uh, you're going, definitely have a good time. Maybe before we'll jump into the topic, but I'd love maybe just to set the stage to sh- talk a little bit about your role at HubSpot. Mm-hmm. Maybe share with the audience like what you are responsible for and kind of what your goals are on a day to day basis. Yeah, so I run the HubFins program. I joined um, early February in 2021 and created the HubFins Council, which is our top level of advocates. They're raising their hand for things. They want to join conversations. Someone has a question about HubSpot on Twitter, Reddit, LinkedIn. They're going to raise their hand. They want to. They don't just love us, but they're knowledgeable. They're gonna. They're gonna ask you questions, really thoughtful uh, questions, and be able to explain why HubSpot is a good solution for your needs. Um, not because we're telling them to, but because they genuinely believe it. I don't like canned responses. I don't like telling, dictating how people should feel about us. I find that that removes, removes all the authenticity, which is the real power of advocacy. I then created Inbound Correspondence and the After Hours Show for Dorothy Thomas at Inbound. Both of those are coming back this year. It's a really great opportunity for our advocates to be able to be the hero and be the subject matter experts they are. So if you ever wanted to have a conference where you had someone that was sitting right beside you, that was an expert that could tell you like, that's the good part or here's how I'd actually implement that advice. That's exactly what the Correspondence and our After Hours Show does. It's a really great, insightful opportunity to not just figure out what was done and said at sessions, but to be able to really figure out like, well, what were the good pieces? What was the stuff that was the gold of that session? And then I launched um, HubFans. Uh, we had had um, an advocacy program in the past called HubStars, and it was time to bring it back. So rebranded it into HubFans because that's what they are. And we have a gamified program as well as community spaces for them. So there's opportunities for them to not only work with HubSpot, but also work together and and really kind of create this micro community of fans. And so um, I do all of that. I also work with our partners and customers if they need anything, if they're, if they are seeing conversations in an external community that we don't own, like a Rev Genius or Pavilion, how can we work with them? How can we make sure that the the HubSpot users in there feel seen and, and feel heard? And then I'm also working with um, the HubSpot Academy social team um, to see how we can 
we really kind of leverage um, and democratize education through social. So what does that look like? How can we infuse the voice of the learner? How can we really kind of showcase how amazing our professors are? Because our, our professors are really, really incredible people who are highly regarded. And every just like with Peloton, everyone has a favorite professor of, uh, for a favorite course that they've taken. So, so a lot of a lot of things. So um, basically, I'm a bridge for, for HubSpot and a lot of um, our biggest fans. And it's an honor to be able to work with both the HubSpot team, but also the incredible customers and partners that we have. What's so fun to hear you talk about your function and what you're responsible for is, you know, rewind the tape back five years, 10 years, like your, your, your role doesn't exist. Like we're no. not, we're not doing these things. And I think just, you know, the show's modern day marketer. I think like what you're doing, I would imagine, you know, probably happens in some companies, but it's not widespread, but I love just the, uh, the being community minded. I love kind of facilitating conversations, being the bridge and kind of being an advocate for, you know, your number one fans. I think anybody out there listening is probably listening to what you have to say and, and say, you know what, I think we kind of need something like that, or we need to start doing something like that at our brand. So I think that's very cool. Yeah. Let's dive in. So maybe just defining audience research in the ways to go about it. Just start at like a basic level. I think we all understand, especially when we're trying to build our brands, understand the voice of our customer. We need to do some sort of audience research, but a lot of us don't necessarily know where, where to start. So maybe like from your end, like how would you define audience research and kind of ways to attack it? Yeah, um, I think it's really important for audience research when you're thinking about how to even get started is that you're going to need some traditional and some not so traditional methods. I find that we kind of go into most people think about focus groups, probably when they think about audience research. In a lot of ways, it's very antiquated. Yes, you've gotten all these people in the group, but what's their motivation for being there? Was it because there's a gift card? Is it because they had nothing else to do? Are they really your persona, your target persona that you're really hitting? Or are they saying they are just so that they get whatever the opportunities are. That's why you really need a multifaceted approach. So not only do you need to do research, social listening, being able to determine where do these people live online? What does that look like? I really like tools like SparkToro because it gives you an insight into their digital life. So you can see based off of specific keywords or specific accounts, these are the influencers that they're following on Twitter. These are the podcasts that they're listening to. These are the blogs that they're that they're going to. And it gives you a really cool perspective to not only know that like this is their persona, persona, but this is where they live. This is actually how they activate outside of that persona. I find that it's it's personas can be quite tricky if you don't look at them in a three-dimensional perspective. If you just see them two-dimensionally, it's it's quite difficult to actually, you actually turn off a lot of people because like as a woman, I, I get a lot of things where it's just like, okay, you clearly think all women in their thirties in this specific area do this. And I'm, I'm not like that. And so it winds up personas can be a trap for assumptions unless you look at them from like a deeper lens. So take those personas, but then do the research. All right. Well, what do these people actually care about? Not from what I think they do, but I need to see the data. Like, what are they actually doing? And how do they talk about us? What words do they use? Once you kind of get that figured out, you can do social listening. How are they talking about you? How are they talking about your industry or their needs that you would be a solution for? I find that a lot of people try to jump straight into social listening. And because they don't speak the language of their customer or their potential customer, they're getting all the wrong data. They're getting all the wrong things. And so it's kind of like that 
that meme of like, hello, fellow kids, you're already setting this boundary of, I don't understand you, but I'm going to act like I do. And so it immediately creates this unnecessary gap between you and the customer when you should be building that relationship and making it stronger. So know your personas, figure out where they live in a traditional and a non-traditional sense. How do they live online? How do they talk about you? What kind of words? Where are they? Are they on Twitter? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on TikTok? What does that look like? And how are they using those things? There's been a lot of conversations about TikTok taking SEO and the SEO power away from Google, but they're not realizing how, what that actually looks like. Like, are they searching for, like, are they even asking the same questions on TikTok that they are on Google? Short answer, no, they're not. And so there's opportunities for you to learn. And the more you learn about your customer base, the more you can feel intimate with them and they feel seen, they feel heard. And it's obvious you took that time to learn about them. So our customers are everywhere, and especially HubSpot. I would imagine your customers are everywhere. You mentioned a few, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. You can even mention like a pavilion. People are hanging out in pavilion learning. So Slack communities and groups. When we're thinking about social listening and just like defining kind of process for going about social listening, I guess, does it, does it vary by channel and like what sorts of insights are you trying to pull when you're spending time in those places? It definitely depends on the channel. The APIs, and the access is going to dictate what you can pull. A lot of tools that you use, you're going to get the majority of your content from Twitter. That isn't to say that that's where all those mentions live. That's where all the accessible mentions are. Mm. So there's a dark social element to this. There's a word of mouth that there's going to be word of mouth that you can't necessarily 100% attribute. And so knowing how do we activate those. So if someone's in Pavilion or in RevGenius and they're talking about you, you don't know unless you're in that space. So that's where advocates are really helpful. They get to be those people in those rooms because they're already a member. They're people who genuinely are a part of that community. And so they're naturally, if they if they feel taken care of and they genuinely love your product and your team, then when someone does say something about HubSpot, they're more likely to actually speak up and be like, hey, I use that product. I can answer your question or I can I can kind of swat away this objection. And then like Reddit, Reddit is a gold mine of content. And there are some social listening t- tools that still don't even have Reddit as an option or Reddit is like a premium add-on. And so I always recommend people do native first just to kind of see what's out there um, and kind of see what you can pull. And then you can start determining like, all right, well, let's make a list of all the, all the, all the places that someone could live and be talking about us. And then do native search. What kind of conversations are there? Are the conversations on Reddit different than Twitter, different than LinkedIn, different than RevGenius? Probably. I do a lot of native search on Reddit and a lot of it's support focused. Hey, how do I do this? Or I don't know how to do this. Or I'm getting this error. Or has anyone ever done this type of workflow? A lot of support focus from Reddit and like a dev kind of perspective. And it, it really comes from this place of you have to be intellectually curious about your customer. You have to care because if you don't, you're going to do it once. And then like you're you're going to have these like people in you're going to view them from what they wanted when you when you looked for them, not in five years when their needs are different when how they use your product is different, how they talk about you is different. And you're still seeing them, well, five years ago when we did our research, 
like this was how and it's just there has to be this just intellectual curiosity that you you have to learn more you want to learn more and so do native figure out what tools you want and understand you're not going to catch it all there these are these are pokemon you will you will strive to catch them all you will not catch them all i love it so the i want to i want to hit on the dark social element real yeah. quick so i have learned and this is we talk a lot about this just like optimizing your content and just making the the number one thing I think we can do now is making your content accessible because if your content's good, like chances are like it'll get shared in that Slack community or it'll get shared in the DMS. And so I guess when like you're in it and you're, you're listening through social and you're trying to like build, you know, insights and build this report that, you know, you might share with your boss or your boss's boss and kind of show trends and things that are happening. Like how do you account for dark social in, into that? Is it just like, this is happening and we just have no insider visibility and know about it, but I, I want it like, how do you play that into kind of the, the execution of just like the social listening plan that, that you're currently working on? Yeah. When you're making that list of all the different places where people could live and basically like, there's no other way to describe it other than like a war map. Like, you know, in those classic movies where they have a map of the world and they put like their soldiers and stuff like the modern version of that is you have a list of all the different places where they could live. And like, we have people here and I can search there. And so you're able to do a gap analysis of like, here's where we currently have, have used. This is where we have accessibility. These are the trends that we're seeing. How does it deviate from place to place? And then also here's where we have gaps. What's the plan for that? So it isn't just like, Oh, we can't do that. It needs to be like, what are you doing to alleviate that gap in the future? How are we going to make sure that there is accessibility in the future? And what does that look like? And do you need resources or help with that? And so you really have to account for what you have, what you don't have, and how you're going to minimize what you don't have. So with the, I guess like for you and being someone who's kind of deep in the weeds on it, what are kind of those like, what are the, when, what is like the, what are the North Star metrics or what are like the things that you like see that happen over ch- across channels or consistently that when you they start to trend in a certain direction, you say to yourself, okay, I have something that I think we can like do something with at this point. What types of things should we be looking for? Uh, we really look at sentiment. So are we shifting sentiment over time? If we have advocates who are joining conversations and talking about us, is it doing anything? Are we seeing a trend in any way? Are there, are we seeing that if someone had an objection, are we seeing that over time that that objection is being lessened, that it's, it's clear that that's no longer an issue? Are we converting people? Are there people who are genuinely like we're getting revenue or retention because someone was able to work with one of our advocates and because of that, they're like, okay, I thought this was a major problem. I was thinking about leaving, but now that you told me how to solve it, like, okay, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. Like I have no issues, things like that. There's definitely like attribution is definitely still difficult, but you can definitely look to see like, are we driving revenue? Are we driving retention? What does that look like? And advocates can play a role in both of those scenarios. Either we can remove those objections and explain how it's a solution. Or if you're having a problem, the community is really amazing at that. There's the HubSpot community in general. There's an opportunity to go in there. And if you have a question, there's people who can't wait to help you. And not because they not because they want to do your your business, but because they genuinely want to help. There's this very altruistic, helpful mindset of the people in the HubSpot community. And so 
Um, it really is a rising tide lifts all boats kind of situation. And so you can see that you can see people in the community who are, who are helping each other out of no other reason than like you are a fellow HubSpot user. And I don't want you to have a bad day because of this. Let me help you. This is how I, or I had the same problem. Here's exactly how I fixed it. Um, there's something very powerful about that. And it's, it's also a safety net. If you are thinking about joining um, and becoming a HubSpot user and you have the community there, feels like a safety net. If I have problems, there's an entire community that will be there to help me or to tell me similar stories when they when they had the same kind of issues that I had. That's a really powerful motivator to feel like this is a safe choice and that you'll be okay. I love it. Uh, it makes so much sense to me. And it's just, it's it's uh, fun to kind of hear how the sausage is made with a, from a, <laughs> a, a brand like HubSpot that just has such strong affinity. I'd love to know like the work that you're doing um, how it impacts like your marketing team and then maybe broader organization, like what types of like outcomes happen from like the, like you being in it, researching audience, you know, facilitating community, those sorts of things. Yeah. So when I'm doing social listening, if I find something that's positive or negative, that impacts a different department, whether it be product or customer marketing or community, even that's something that I'm able to share and say like, hey, just, you know, like flagging this, this person's having an issue. Maybe someone from the product team wants to step up and say like, hey, let me talk to you about this. Let me see if we can get this fixed for you. Or someone to be like, hey, someone loves this product. Does someone from the product team want to come in and be like, hey, appreciate you. Thank you so much for the kind words. And if you and if you go online, you can see those conversations where people are saying really nice things. And we very much believe in celebrating that love. We're not going to ignore it. We're going to make sure that you feel seen. And so you're not only going to hear from the brand, but you're going to hear from people internally. We're like, that's awesome. We're glad that you're having a good experience. Additionally, with our gamified program for hub fans, there's opportunities for people to advocate any way that they want. I'm very much a believer in not putting people in boxes and finding that there has to be more than one way that they can advocate for us. So it could be that they want to share the the latest ebook that we have to their network on social or it could be that they want to fill out a survey for the product team or they want to um check out the latest blog and so it's driving traffic it's driving social shares it's driving engagement so there's really opportunities for people to engage in, in multiple different ways with us and and making sure that it it impacts positively the other departments that we work with so that they we're helping them meet their own goals too I love it. Um, so there, the level of sophistication in the program that you're running, I would say, is pretty high. And the support that you have within your organization, I'm assuming, is very high. People are going to listen to this and say, some stuff that Christina is saying makes a ton of sense, and I want to get started, but I don't know how, where, to, where to go. So maybe to kind of round the corner and close out this conversation, for anyone um, that wants to do audience research, start social listening, like what advice for, would you have for them? I would talk to the people who are already doing a lot of the work that's customer facing. So how are they, how are they talking to their current customers? How are they relating to them? Do they know what jobs need to be done by them? What is the current internal view of these people? And then you can start doing that layout of, all right, where do these people live? Are there people that I can contact? As soon as I started, because I've been a HubSpot fan for years, when I joined, I already knew quite a lot of the bigger names that are in our top hub fans council. And so the first thing I did as soon as it was official that I joined the team is I reached out to them and said, like, I would love to interview you. And I'd love to know the good, the bad, the ugly. 
What makes you feel heard? What makes you feel special? Have you ever done something for us that you didn't feel appreciated for? I want to know all of it. I want to know all of the good, all of the bad. I want to hear it all. Um, doing those face-to-face, even if it's Zoom face-to-face conversations and asking those questions and being receptive to negative feedback. I cannot stress that enough. You have to be receptive to negative feedback because if you want to do audience research and you only want to see the good stuff, like, yes, you'll like technically feel good because you're like, look at all the stuff that they love about us, but you can't action on that. Like negative feedback is an opportunity. Negative feedback is like, huh, maybe this is something that our customers need. Maybe this is a change or a new feature that we could have, but you have to be receptive to negative feedback and you have to almost look, not almost, you have to look for it. You have to feel like, how are they talking about us when they're mad? How are they talking about us when they're frustrated? And do the work, do it natively. Just literally Reddit, search bar. If anything that has a search bar, search bar. And don't use hashtags. Use just the word. A lot of marketers and social media people want to assume that because a brand uses social uses hashtags, that the people will use hashtags. That is not how we talk. And especially when we're mad. I'm if I'm mad, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I missed that hashtag. I'm just gonna be like typing until there's smoke coming from my fingers and I'm gonna pound that inner button as loud as I can, like I was hanging up the phone on somebody. I'm not worried about like, did I at the right people and did I hashtag correctly? So it you gotta think about how people communicate. And you have to, and honestly, here's another thing. Any behavioral psychology class you can take, anything from Rory Sutherland from Ogilvy, take it, take it. It will make you see things in a, in such a deeper light of like how to react to people, how to nudge people, how to make people, how to really see people from a specific lens of not only this is how they're behaving, but this is why they are behaving. And here's how we can create habit loops and triggers to change how that, that behavior looks. How are we conditioning them to, to treat us? And a lot of the talks that I give, I talk about a lot of companies they want to create community and they want to create advocacy and then they don't talk to anyone that loves them on social. They only use like social as a customer support mechanism. It's basically like a live chat, live um, chat box and that's it. What you're doing is if you were only paying attention to the people who are mad at you, and I'm not saying you should ignore them, you should definitely take care of them. But if you only pay attention to the people who are complaining and need customer support and you're ignoring all the people who love you and who are like, oh, thanks, this is great, I love this. What you are doing is you are conditioning the people who love you to only talk about you when they're mad because they'll only get your attention when they're mad. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to condition bad behavior. You want to condition good behavior. So when someone loves your brand, love them back. Love them back. Give them surprise and delight. It can be a $2 mug surprise them back, love them back, because what they'll do is they'll love you more. They will keep always like, oh, you're going to retweet me if I say something nice. I'm going to continue to say nice things so that you'll retweet me. And then other people will see that behavior and we'll see how they're treated. And they will then they will mimic that exact same good behavior because they also want to be treated that way by the brand. You have to do positive reinforcement of, of positive behavior. If you only reinforce negative behavior, you will only get negative behavior. So many good, passionate nuggets in that last one. Hopefully you're all out there taking notes and you said coffee mug. Hopefully you're going to have plenty of coffee next week because I'm sure you're going to need it running around inbound and doing all the things that marketers do at HubSpot during inbound. Christina, this was a ton of fun. I know the audience is going to gain a ton of value from it. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. It was lovely chatting. 
I had such a fun time talking with Christina and talk about a marketer who knows how to win hearts and minds. Shortly after our conversation, I got a HubSpot hat and a new coffee cup in the mail. HubSpot does it right. I love this one. Hopefully you learned something and you enjoyed it too. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Modern Day Marketer next week.